So the cure for the coronavirus is a riot? Wait a minute, that doesn't make sense. Neither does anything else on the surface. And what I'm going to show you today is that a bunch of deep state billionaires, including some who have been the leading financiers of racial quackery, Nazi racial eugenic pseudoscience, are also funding the supposedly anti-racist protesters out there burning our cities down. Uh, if it sounds like a clown world, that's because it is, except the clowns aren't funny. Stay tuned for this episode of Behind the Deep State. So one day they were telling us that it was like practically murder to go out of our houses for non-essential reasons. And the next day you're suddenly a vile, nasty, racist, white supremacist if you don't go out of your house and go congregate by the thousands and burn down your cities to protest alleged racism. Obviously something doesn't add up here, right? Something is really, really fishy. So what is going on? Well, I'm going to give you a little sneak peek at what's going on behind the scenes because it is orchestrated. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about how uh, the deep state was using uh, communist tactics, pressure from above, pressure from below. We're going to dig a little bit deeper today. We're going to name some names. I'm going to show you who is involved and what they are doing. Uh, you know, of course, uh, unless you've been living under a rock, you know that George Floyd got killed and uh, supposedly that inspired all of these riots, right? It exposed systemic racism and police brutality. And so uh, now to prove that black lives actually matter, we need to go out and burn down our cities. Well, obviously that's not true. If black lives really mattered to these people, there'd be protests out in the streets about David Dorn, a black police officer who was murdered by a bunch of thugs trying to protect his own community from rioters and looters. Uh, they might also be concerned about the thousands of innocent black children who are murdered every single day in this country with taxpayer money through the abortion mills. But those black lives don't matter. OK, uh, only certain black lives matter, black lives that further the uh, narrative that they're trying to push. And so what's going on? I want to break down some of the groups that are behind all this chaos and then show you what's really happening behind the scenes. So obviously the most important one is uh, black lives matter, at least on the surface of things. And so I want to dig in a little bit to their background. It was funded, uh, excuse me, it was founded uh, in large part to glorify a cop-killing communist terrorist named Asata Shakur, who uh, murdered a New Jersey state uh, trooper and then was convicted of killing the cop and then fled to communist Cuba after being broken out of jail by her buddies at the Weather Underground, Obama's favorite terrorist group. Um, now, we'll talk about uh, where the money for this comes from uh, momentarily. Um, we also have another very, very important group is, of course, uh, Antifa, right? Antifa, the uh, the terrorist organization, also funded by the same people. Very weird. And uh, we'll get into some of the funding. Now, uh, you know, Antifa is just openly communist, right? They don't even bother hiding. Neither does Black Lives Matter. I mean, when uh, Fidel Castro, El Comandante, died, uh, they actually put out this eulogy saying how sorry they were that Castro had died, that he was, uh, here, I got some quotes here. Um, well, the, the BLM felt an overwhelming sense of loss when El Comandante died. They said, it's the lessons we take from Fidel. Uh, from Fidel, we know that revolution is sparked by an idea, right? Uh, never mind the fact that Fidel's uh, chief executioner, uh, Ernesto Che Guevara, was a racist mass murderer who slaughtered huge numbers of black people. Um, interesting to note also is that uh, Black Lives Matter has a lot of friends internationally. Uh, just very recently, the Nelson Mandela Foundation put out a, a statement where they called on Black Lives Matter to use 
violence to advance their goals. Here's some uh, direct quotes. They said the, the BLM should use violence as a means to, quote, fundamentally restructure our societies. As we have seen in South Africa during the democratic era, violent protest is often the result of a careful calculation by communities who have come to see that only such action elicits the desired response from the state. Then they continue, and I quote, the use of violence can be rational and carefully targeted as part of a strategy to counter structural and other forms of violence against black lives. And of course, it always ought to be so. Okay, now keep in mind where this is coming from, the Nelson Mandela Foundation. Now, Nelson Mandela uh, has been turned into kind of a cult hero by the fake media, by the same people funding the riots in our streets. But if you know his background, you know there's much more to the story that we're not being told. Go watch our episode on South Africa where we really, really get into that. Uh, it's actually, I think, one of our most popular episodes. I think it's got 67,000 views just on YouTube so far, uh, combined with all the other platforms, probably well over 100,000 now. But uh, just to give you some hint, uh, Nelson Mandela's wife, she was a real firm believer in using violence. Uh, she was actually caught on camera promoting what's called necklacing to liberate South Africa. Now, for those of you who don't remember the the uh, what happened in South Africa, necklacing was when they would put a tire filled with gasoline around the neck of one of their victims and then light it on fire. Uh, mostly they did this to fellow black Africans uh, that didn't support their little revolution. Uh, and many, many black people groups in South Africa uh, and many black individuals in South Africa were opposed to the communist revolution. Uh, the Zulu nation, for example, was uh, very much opposed to this. They created the Nkatha Freedom Party. Um, so this is the kind of violence they're talking about, right? A strategic way of bringing down uh, what they see as uh, oppression. Right? Um, so other organizations involved, we talked about Antifa, which claims to be an anti-fascist organization, but they actually will tell you that um, really they are a communist organization. You have the City University of New York law professor, a guy called Mike Isaacson, a self-proclaimed Antifa leader. He says, basically, uh, anti-communism is code for fascism, right? So if you don't want to live under uh, a, a totalitarian mass murdering dictatorship, you are a fascist by definition. Okay. Uh, he said on Twitter, we ought to off the pigs. That was on August 29th of 2017. And of course, Antifa now has created their autonomous zone uh, in Seattle, the six uh, city blocks that they have taken control over. Uh, another close ally of Antifa is the Democratic Socialists of America. Very, very powerful organization in the United States. They say they have something like 60,000 uh, members, uh, young, mostly young activists across America, all of them ready for uh, revolution. And, uh, you know, they say, oh, well, we don't like the totalitarian mass murderers of the 20th century. But, man, we really love Nicolas Maduro, right, the, the mass murdering dictator of Venezuela. <laughs> so uh, very, very interesting. And then another one of the organizations that's involved in this is this is one of the crucial ones. It's called the Sunrise Movement. And uh, Millennial Millie, uh, who's a, a wonderful reporter, she actually managed to obtain some of the video of these organizations from before the rioting, before all of that actually started. And I want to show you a couple of clips. Um, you know, they, they say they're building an army of young people. They, they've been planning for a long time this defund the police campaign. They say that uh, the fight against climate change exists alongside the fight against white supremacy and colonialism. We need a Green New Deal. Now, uh, check out this clip here from uh, one of their leaders. Her name is uh, Sarah Abbott. And uh, listen to what she says. Uprisings, including including actions like burning buildings, um, are legitimate and powerful forms of resistance. All right, so communist revolutionaries, they want to burn down our buildings as a form of resistance. Uh, violence is a legitimate tool. Uh, we've got another uh, organizer. Her name is uh, Ashley Green. She's a, a lesbian. Check out this. Um, listen to this clip. So last night, 
when that police station went up in flames, me and my girlfriend, we, we poured shots. We were happy. Uh, and then also, we have witches and Satanists openly participating, right? Mashable did an interesting report where they talked about uh, how witches for BLM, these witches were going to the protests and casting spells on the police and uh, asking their uh, their demon gods for protection over the rioters and the protesters. And uh, I want to show you this clip, too, of, uh, of an evangelist who went into the autonomous zone in Seattle and uh, was uh, threatened with death and was uh, you know violently sexually assaulted by a mob of homosexuals. Listen to this. This is a very forceful hug. What does it feel like to get hugged by a homosexual? Glory to the king. I'll kiss you on the face, buddy. Glory to the king eternal. So those are just some of the organizations that are involved, some of the people that are involved. I mean, obviously very anti-Christian, uh, openly communist. Right? I mean, you can see them carrying communist banners everywhere. But um, one of the things that I think is so interesting is the fact that these are all being funded by super capitalists. So uh, obviously George Soros is the big one. And we talked about him a couple of weeks ago, right? We know he's been funding Black Lives Matter, poured millions of dollars, many, many millions of dollars into Black Lives Matter. Uh, we talked about hacked documents that showed that uh, they were planning actually to create this national movement, uh, that they wanted to uh, accelerate the dismantling of uh, structural inequality generated and maintained by local law enforcement. Uh, we know that they uh, actually, this is a direct quote from a Soros report, they spent $650,000 to, quote, invest in technical assistance and support for the groups at the core of the burgeoning Black Lives Matter movement. That's straight out of a George Soros report that we've talked about. Um, unbelievable, the stuff that's going on here. Now, uh, you know, we talked also a little bit about how Soros was funded by even wealthier super capitalists. Of course, we're talking about the, the Rothschild dynasty. Um, that was actually covered by the Washington Times, which was interesting. But I want to spend a little bit of time talking about the Rockefellers, too. And, and we still haven't done uh, episodes on the Rockefellers or the Rothschilds yet. Those are coming. Uh, I know we've been talking about it for a while. They will come eventually because these are very, very important players in the deep state. But the Rockefellers, they've been huge in this for a long time. And it turns out uh, Insider Philanthropy did a very interesting investigation. And what they found out was that the Rockefeller Family Foundation is the primary financial backer of this Sunrise Movement that's demanding divestment from oil, that's that's organizing these riots, these protests, these defund the police. So again, we have super capitalists funding communists, right? What in the world is going on? We know that uh, Soros and the Rockefellers both have, have openly praised uh, the communist Chinese. To bring China into the creation of a new uh, 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 world order. So, um, uh, back in the 1920s, uh, the Rockefellers and uh, all their various foundations were openly funding eugenics. Uh, they were funding, for example, even uh, Joseph Mengele, the uh, the Nazi quote unquote doctor who was doing uh, you know experiments on little children at Auschwitz. Uh, historian Edwin Black, uh, the author of several books on eugenics, Nazis, and the Holocaust, uh, talked about this in uh, in articles and in his books. Uh, he says that by 1926, many, many millions of dollars in today's dollars uh, had been given by the Rockefellers to these Nazi racial scientists. And so, you know, on the surface of things, it doesn't make any sense. Why would these super capitalists be funding these super communists? It's, it's very, very bizarre. Well, 
if you've been following the series, if you've been studying the deep state, you already know what's going on here, right? You guys met uh, some episodes ago. We talked about Carol Quigley and this book right behind me here, Tragedy and Hope, where uh, he actually revealed what was going on here. So uh, I want to show you just a quick clip of Bill Clinton. The only person Bill Clinton mentioned and, and thanked as his mentor during his uh, DNC acceptance speech was this guy, Carol Quigley. So check this out real quick. And then as a student at Georgetown, I heard that call clarified by a professor named Carol Quigley. He heard that call clarified by Carol Quigley. Well, Carol Quigley was an insider's insider. He was a professor at Georgetown University, and um, he actually was very, very close to the deep state. And he talks about that in this book. He says he was you know, involved with them for decades. He actually was permitted to examine their papers for a period of two years. Uh, and, and in his book, he actually exposes everything that's going on. Now, I want to show you this quote because he actually explains exactly what we're seeing in the streets right now. He says, and I quote, there does exist and has existed for a generation an international anglophile network which operates to some extent in the way the radical right believes the communists act. In fact, this network, which we may identify as the roundtable groups, has no aversion to cooperating with the communists or any other groups and frequently does so. Okay, listen to that again. Not only does the deep state not have any aversion to cooperating with communists, it frequently does so, okay? There you go, folks. And of course, this is not news to people who've been studying this for a long time. A Stanford historian, um, Anthony Sutton, actually blew the whistle on all this in his phenomenal book. I've got that right behind me called Wall Street and the Bolshevik Revolution, where he shows that the Bolshevik Revolution that enslaved Russia under communism was actually funded by Wall Street financiers and mega bankers. So that's what we're that's what's going on here, folks. And if you want to know what the end goal is, Quigley actually revealed it in his book. Uh, he said the goal was to create a, a global governing system where these elites would end up in complete control of the banking system through the central banks and of the governments of every single country. And he agreed with all this. Right. He said in the book, this is a direct quote. I have no aversion to it, uh, the deep state uh, or most of its aims. Uh, he said uh, his chief difference of opinion, uh, I believe its role in history is significant enough to be known. Now, another interesting and ironic thing is that one of the key founders of this deep state network, these roundtable groups that Quigley talks about in his book, was, of course, Lord Cecil Rhodes, the uh, the Rothschild-backed uh, mega, mega capitalist of South Africa who kind of tried to monopolize the, uh, the mining sector down there. And this guy was an open, virulent racist. He said the English were a superior race, is a direct quote, and he thought they should rule the world. That's why he set up these roundtable groups. And so now you have their descendants, the Council on Foreign Relations and others, openly bankrolling supposed anti-racism protesters. Why? Not because they care about racism. In fact, the guys who founded all this were a bunch of racist whack jobs, right? Uh, the reason they're doing it is because the issue is never the issue. The issue is always the revolution. They think this is going to help move forward their new world order. And for the international order that we have worked for generations to build. Bush kept said, and it's a phrase that I often use myself, that we needed a new world order. Out of these troubled times, our fifth objective, a new world order, can emerge, a new era. 
So the New World Order, that's their goal, folks. They're very, very clear about it. George Soros, the guy who's funding these riots in the streets, he already told us China ought to own the New World Order. You already saw the clip, right? That's what we're going toward, guys. And they've been on this for a long time, right? We, we did a whole episode on the foundations. Go back and watch it. Uh, Congress investigated these foundations back in the 1950s. And what they found uh, what, in 1952, they put together the Select Committee to Investigate Tax-Exempt Foundations and Other Similar Organizations. And what they found in their final report was that these big foundations, all of them funded by super capitalists, Rockefellers, Carnegie's, uh, Ford, and on and on, uh, that they were actually funding, and I quote, subversion is the term they used. They were trying to replace America's constitutional system of government with what they described in the final report as oligarchical collectivism. Uh, he explained that one of their chief tools was the education system. And just so you're clear about what the agenda is, guys, right, just so, so there's no... Um, you know, uh, murkiness around this. I want to show you just one little quick clip from Norman Dodd. And if you haven't watched this whole interview, you really should. But Norman Dodd was the chief investigator of the select committee that Congress created to investigate these tax-exempt foundations. And what he said was he was actually asked by the head of the Ford Foundation to come on over to his office in New York. And he was sat down and uh, the head of the Ford Foundation explained, hey, do you, do you want me to tell you what we're doing? I mean, you don't have to do all this investigating. I'll just tell you what we're doing. And according to Norman Dodd, this is what the head of the Ford Foundation, Alan Geither, told him. Listen to this. Mr. Geither said, Mr. Dodd, we've asked you to come up here this today because we thought that possibly off the record you would tell us why the Congress is interested in the activities of foundations such as ourselves. And um, before I could think of how I would reply to that statement, Mr. Gaither then went on voluntarily and stated, he said, Mr. Dodd, all of us that have a hand in the making of policies here have had experience either with the OSS during the war or European Economic Administration after the war. We've had experience operating under directives and these directives emanate and did emanate from the White House. Now, we still operate under just such directives. Would you like to know what the substance of these directives is? And I said, yes, Mr. Gator, I'd like very much to know. <coughs> Whereupon he made this statement to me, namely, Mr. Dodd, we are here operate on similar in response to similar directives, the substance of which is that we shall use our grant-making power so to alter life in the United States that it can be comfortably merged with the Soviet Union. All right, guys, there you have it. They are working to so alter life in the United States that it can be comfortably merged with the Soviet Union. They can have their little one world order that they've been dreaming of forever. Uh, you know, I'll tell you the Rockefeller clip one more time. We've gone over it probably three or four times in this series so far. But, uh, you know, go to page 405 of Rockefeller's memoirs. He's very, very clear about what is going on. Uh, he says he's an internationalist, that he's conspiring, is the word he uses, with a secret cabal against the best interests of his own country, that would be America, to form a one-world political and economic order, a one-world order, if you will. So that's where this is all going, folks. There is no, uh, you know... Uh, 
dichotomy between super capitalists funding super communists. They all, I mean, you know, the useful idiots burning down our cities, they don't understand this stuff. Right? I mean, they were brainwashed in government school. Go back and watch those episodes. They have no idea that they're being used as pawns in an evil, evil agenda. A lot of them think they're doing good. Right? They think they're fighting racism. They think they're fighting police brutality. They've been watching too much fake news. They sat there for 12 years being indoctrinated in a public school. They don't know any better. Folks, it's up to you to reach these kids before they burn down our whole country. Now, the one thing that these people can't tolerate is exposure. And so you're thinking, uh, all right, Alex, you got me concerned. Now I don't know what, you know, I, I'm worried. What do I do? Don't be worried. Just take action. You can start off by educating yourself on these things and educating other people. And if you don't feel like talking to people about it, send them this video. Email it to your friends. Email it to your pastor. This is crucial stuff, guys. Don't get sucked into the lies. Don't get sucked into the false narratives. Don't be a useful idiot. Don't be a pawn. And remember what Sun Tzu, the military strategist, the ancient Chinese military strategist said, right? Uh, if you don't know yourself or your enemy, you're going to lose every single battle. And that's where we are right now as Americans, right? Um, we don't know our own history. We've been brainwashed in the schools to think that America is this racist, horrible place. We don't know the enemy, right? Nobody, I shouldn't say nobody, but very, very few people understand what I just showed you in this video, what I just proved to you in this video. So guys, if we want to defeat these people, We've got to pray and we've got to understand that unless our fellow Americans are educated on what is going on, the other side will succeed. Our liberty will be crushed. Our civilization will be crushed and it won't be recovered in our lifetime, guys. So like this video, share it, subscribe, uh, put it on other platforms, email it to your cousin, send it to your mom, whatever you got to do. Get the word out. Um, thanks again for watching. I'm Alex Newman. This is Behind the Deep State and God bless you all.